Happy Sabbath, brothers and sisters. Just takes me a minute to gather myself. I want to thank sis the sister, Sister Crink, for that wonderful song. Amen. Your love has been there all along. Amen. And I'm sure as we look at our lives and uh, the trajectory of our lives and how we came to this place, we can see that God has been guiding us all along. And so we can praise God for that. Um, it's my privilege to be here in this place today and, and to, to speak with you. And when Brother um, Stewart asked me to speak, I sort of delayed him a little, you know. <laughs> um, but um, I, I, I want you to know that it is a privilege for me to be here and to speak with you, and I don't... I don't think that I'm worthy to, to even speak God's word this morning, um, but I believe that he has given a message for the church this morning. Amen. And um, so the title of my message is, um, What is My Perspective? What is My Perspective? And... Um, I'm sort of stalling also for the PowerPoint to come up. Um, but let's begin with prayer. Father, we just want to thank you for your word. We thank you, Lord, that your word is, has power. And Lord, we pray that as we listen to your word this morning, Father, that your Holy Spirit would move in this place, move online, move in the homes of those listening and those who will listen, Father. I just ask that you would touch each and every one of us, that as we hear, that our hearts would be transformed and our minds would be changed. And Lord, that we would go out to do your will because of the message this morning. And in Jesus' name we pray, amen. amen. What is my perspective? What's my perspective? There is a story about a lady who went to an auto parts store. She asked the attendant for a 710 cap. For a 710 cap. And uh, the employees all looked at each other and said, What is a 710 cap? She said, You know, it's right there on the engine. Mine got lost somehow, and I need a new one. What kind of car it is, they ask. Maybe you had one of those old, maybe you have one of those old Datsun 710. But she said, no, it's a Buick. Okay, lady, how big is it? She made a circle with her hands about three and a half inches in diameter. What does it do, they ask? She said, I don't know, but it's always been there. One of the employees gave her a notepad and asked her if she can draw a picture of it. So she made a circle, about three and a half inches in diameter, and in the center she wrote 710. The guys behind the counter, they were all looking at it upside down. 
and as she wrote it, and they just fell behind the counter because they were laughing so hard. One guy finally said, I think you want an oil cap. She said, 710, oil cap. I don't care what you call it. I just need one. I don't see what's so funny about it, she says. Perspective makes all the difference. Things look differently when you look at them upside down. Now this reminds me of the Christians in Thessalonica who were accused of turning the world upside down in Acts 17.6. The truth, though, is that they were turning the world right side up. We live in a world today that looks at things upside down. Isaiah Isaiah 45, sorry, Isaiah 5, verse 20 says, Woe to those who call evil good and good evil, who put darkness for light and light for darkness, who put bitter for sweet and sweet and sweet for bitter. Brethren, the world looks at material things and calls them items of value. It looks at sin and immorality and calls it good and right. It looks at lies and calls them truth. It can be very confusing unless we realize we need to turn things around and look at them from an eternal perspective. My prayer today is that our focus will be adjusted and see things the way God sees them. Perspective is defined in the um, Merriam-Webster online dictionary as a way of looking at or thinking about something. Some other words which we can substitute in place of perspective are view, outlook, slant, standpoint, vantage point, or viewpoint. But you may ask, why is perspective important to us as Christians? Perspective is important because it is a way, it is the way we look at or think about something. It has a direct effect on our actions, words, mood, our relationship with others, and our relationship with God. Allow me to illustrate two visual examples of perspective. And here's the first one. What do you see? Okay, you see two two faces. Okay, so some of you see two faces. Anything else? A vase, right? Right. So some, some of you... I believe, would see only uh, a vase. And I see some people turn their heads this way and that. And some of you only see two faces. Some of you see both. That's your perspective. 
Here's another example. What do you see? What, what type of lady? An old lady. Okay, you see an old lady. And you see a young lady. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You don't see it at all. <laughs> yeah. So some see an old lady. An old lady facing left. You see that? Or you could see a young lady with a face turned away. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You see it? All has to do with perspective. You see, I'm going to change the slide now. <laughs> you see, what you see is dependent on your focus. Brothers and sisters, I totally understand this because I wear glasses and for good reason. In fact, on my driver's license it says that I must only drive with my glasses. Or when driving I must wear my glasses, I should say. You see, with my glasses I see the road clearly. I see things far off. I can read the road signs. I can see if there, there are pedestrians in the roadway. I can see if there's a cyclist ahead. Without my glasses, I can see every speck of dirt, dead insect, and everything else that's on my windshield. But I, the road is out of focus. The road is just a blur without my glasses. What you and I see is dependent on where we focus, on our focus. The Israelites had a perspective problem also. The, Philist the Philistine army had gathered for war against Israel. The two armies faced each other, camped for battle on opposite sides of a steep valley. The Philistine giant, measuring over nine feet tall and wearing full armor, came out each day for 40 days, mocking and challenging the Israelites to fight. His name was Goliath. Saul, the king of Israel, and the whole army were terrified of Goliath. One day, the youngest son of Jesse, David, was sent to the battle lines by his father to bring back news of his brothers. David was probably just a young teenager at that time. While there, David heard Goliath shouting his daily defiance. And he saw the great fear stirred within the men of Israel. David responded in 1 Samuel 17, 26. He said, who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of God? 
he volunteered to fight Goliath. It took some persuasion, but King Saul finally agreed to let David fight against the giant. Dressed in his simple tunic, carrying his shepherd's staff, slingshot, and a pouch full of stones, David approached Goliath. The giant cursed at him, hurling threats and insults. In 1 Samuel 17, verses, 17, sorry, verses 45 to 47, it reads, David said to the Philistine, You come against me with sword and spear and javelin, but I come against you in the name of the Lord Almighty, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. This day the Lord will deliver you into my hands, and I'll strike you down and cut off your head. This very day I will give the carcasses of the Philistine army to the birds and the wild animals, and the whole world will know that there is a God in Israel. All those gathered here will know that it is not by sword or spear that the Lord saves, for the battle is the Lord's, and he will give all of you into our hands. Goliath, as Goliath moved in for the kill, David reached into his bag and slung one of the stones at Goliath's head. Finding a hole in the armor, the stone sank into the giant's forehead and he fell face down on the ground. David then took his sword, killed him, and cut off his head. When the Philistines saw that their hero was dead, they turned and ran. The Israelites pursued, chasing and killing them and plundering their camp. So the question this morning then is why did they wait 40 days to begin the battle? Probably for several reasons. Everyone was afraid of Goliath. He seemed invincible. Not even King Saul, who in 1 Samuel 10, 23 said was, he was the tallest man in Israel. Not even him, had, not even he had stepped out to fight. Also, the, the sides of the valley was very steep. Whoever made the first move would probably have a disadvantage and suffer great loss. Both sides were waiting for the other to attack first. The children of Israel had the wrong perspective. They were focused on what they saw. They were focused on their fear. Because of that, they could not see the victory that God was willing to give them if they would just step out in faith. All they could see was the nine-feet giant. All they could see was the helmet of brass on his head, the coat of mail, the spear that was like a weaver's beam. They were short-sighted like me with my glasses off. I can't see your faces right now. <laughs> they could not see past their fear. David's faith in God, however, caused him to look at the giant from a different perspective. 
Goliath was merely a mortal man defying the all-powerful God. David looked at the battle from God's point of view. He looked past the stature of Goliath and remembered that God had delivered him in the past. He remembered the time when he was tending his father's sheep, and there came a lion and a bear, and they took a lamb from the flock. And he remembered that God gave him the victory over the lion and the bear and saved the lamb. David focus, David's focus was not on the size of the problem, but on his all-powerful God, who is bigger than any giant who he could possibly face. Brothers and sisters, I know that many of us are facing various giants today. And I would like to encourage you to have the proper perspective. Some of us are facing the giant of illness this morning. Instead of putting our focus on the pain and the hurt that you're going through, let us focus on the great physician who can heal all diseases and infirmities. Some of us may be facing financial difficulties this morning. But let us not focus on our empty wallets and our bank accounts that is dwindling and the bills that we can't pay. Instead, let us put our focus on the one who owns the cattle on a thousand hills and also owns everything that each one of us, even in this church, has. Let us focus on God who can supply all of our needs. Brethren, it, doesn't, it does not matter what difficulty we are facing this morning. We can face them with the confidence that we serve a God as the song says, who is bigger than all the shadows that fall across my path. It says, God is bigger than any mountain that I can or cannot see. Bigger than all the confusion, bigger than anything. God is bigger than any mountain that I can or cannot see. Bigger than all my problems, bigger than all my fears. God is bigger than any mountain that I can or cannot see. He's bigger than all the giants of pain and, and unbelief. God is bigger than any mountain that I can or cannot see. He is bigger than any discouragement. Bigger than anything, God is bigger than any mountain that I can or cannot see. When the giant criticized, insulted, and threatened, David didn't stop or even waver. Everyone else cowered in fear, but David ran to the battle. He knew that action needed to be taken. He did the right thing in spite of discouraging insults and fearful threats. Only God's opinion mattered to David. David had the right perspective. By way of further illustrating 
the importance of perspective for us as Christians. I will look at another story, one of my favorite stories in the Bible found in 1 Kings chapter 6. And we will consider verses 8 to 17. And it reads, Now the king of Aram was at war with Israel. After conferring with his, soul, with, with his officers, he said, I will set up my camp in such and such a place. The man, the man of God sent word to the king of Israel, Beware of passing that place, because the Arameans are going down there. So the king of Israel checked on the place indicated by the man of God. Time and time again, Elisha warned the king so that he was on his guard in such places. Verse 11, this enraged the king of Aram. He summoned his officers and demanded of them, tell me, which one of us is on the side of the king of Israel? None of us, my lord, the king, said one of his officers. But Elisha, the prophet who is in Israel, tells the king of Israel the very words you speak in your bedroom. Verse 13. Go find out where he is, the king ordered, so I can send men and capture him. The report came back. He is in Dothan. Then he sent horses and chariots and a strong force there. They went by night and surrounded the city. When the servant of the man of God got up and went out early the next morning, an army with horses and chariots had surrounded the city. Oh no, my lord, what shall we do? The servant asked. Don't be afraid, the prophet answered. Those who are with us are more than those who are with them. And Elisha prayed, Open his eyes, Lord, so he may see. Then the Lord opened the servant's eyes, and he looked and saw the hills full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. Praise the Lord. Elisha prayed, Open his eyes, Lord. Were his eyes closed? No. He saw the soldiers. He saw the horses and chariots and the spears and the swords. He saw the problems, but he didn't see the deliverance. Elisha prayed, open his eyes, Lord. Give him the right perspective. Cure his short-sightedness. God did, and he saw the host of heaven's armies. In Prophets and Kings, page, pages, sorry, page um, 257, the servant of the Lord says, Between the servant of God and the host of armed foremen was an encircling band of heavenly angels. They had come down in mighty power, not to destroy, not to exact homage, but to encamp around about and minister to the Lord's weak and helpless ones. 
This reminds me of um, Psalm 34-7, where it says, The angels of the Lord encamp around those who fear him and delivers them. Brethren, it's the beginning of 2022. And what is your focus? What is my focus? Is our focus COVID? The rising inflation? The political climate? Climate change? Financial hardship? Illness, grief, family struggles? Our prayer this morning should be, Open my eyes, Lord, so I can see. Open my eyes so I can see. See what you want to do in my life, in my family, in my church, in my community, in my relationships, in my job. Open my eyes, Lord, so I can see. See how you want to use me to fulfill your mission here on this earth, in this country, in my neighborhood, in my family, in my church, in my community, in my life. Open my eyes, Lord, so I can see. See past my problems. See past the noise. Past the distractions. Past the temptations. Open my eyes so I can see. So I can see Jesus. So, what can we do to help change our perspective then? In closing, I would like to offer three keys to a new perspective. First one, study God's word. Psalm 119 verse 11 says, I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. And Psalm 119 verse 105 reads, Your word is a lamp for my feet and a light for my path. We need to spend time each day of 2022 in God's word. He speaks to us through his word. We need the light of God's word to illuminate our path. Without God's light, we cannot see the true picture of what is happening around us. Without his light, we will not have the proper perspective. Key number two is pray for the right focus and perspective. Mark chapter 11 verse 24 reads, Therefore I tell you, whatever you ask in prayer, believe that you have received it, and it will be yours. Jeremiah 33.3 says, Call to me and I will answer you, and will tell you great and hidden things that you have not known. Brothers and sisters, God already wants to give us the right perspective. He wants to open our eyes, but he will not force it upon us. 
We need to ask for it sincerely, and he will bestow his vision, his perspective upon us. And the third key to a new perspective is to act. Go out and do God's will. Matthew 28, 19 and 20 says, Therefore go and make disciples of all nations. That's God's will. Baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. And teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. We are in the midst of ten days of prayer. And I would like to encourage those of you who have not yet connected to connect with us on Zoom. It's been a wonderful experience. And we have been praying for an infilling of the Holy Spirit. And while or during this journey to, to the t- 10 days of prayer, a thought came to me, brothers and sisters. Maybe some of us are waiting for some supernatural event to happen before we do exploits for God. I know the latter rain will come. But I also believe that God is waiting for us to step out in faith and spread the gospel to our neighbors, our families, our co-workers, and strangers through the talents that he has given us. You see, when we step out in faith, fearful as we may be, God through the Holy Spirit will empower us to do his work. Notice I said, go and use the talents he has given you. He has already equipped us to do his will. Some can preach. Some can sing. Some can teach. Some can organize. Some can cook. Some can smile. Some can do crafts. Some are artists. He has given us the tools. The tools to spread the good news of Jesus to the world. Let us use the talents he has given us in service. And our perspective will begin to change. He will empower us to do his will. Brothers and sisters. God wants to do a great work in our lives in 2022. How many of us believe that? Yes. He wants to do a great work in our families, in our churches, in our church, Garland Faith, in our community, and in the world. Let us open our hearts so, he, so that he can start to change our perspective. So we will begin to see things the way he sees them. And work with him to accomplish his will in our lives today. Let us pray. Father in heaven, thank you for your word. Lord, on our own, we can't change our perspective. But Lord, today we're asking that you would give us your vision, Father. Give us that vision to see things the way you do, Lord. Father, I pray that you would touch each and every one in the hearing of my voice today. Lord, you want to do a great work in us 
in 2022. Father, we know that we are living in the end of time. We see the signs all around us. And Lord, your church this morning, we need a new vision, a new perspective. So I ask now that you would open our eyes so we can see the, th the way you see, Father. So that the things of this world would not distract us, but we would see past that. Past them to the victory that you want to give us today. And so, Lord, I pray your blessing upon each and every one of us. Those listening online, I pray for them also. That they would receive that vision, Lord. Your vision. So as we go forth from this place, may we do exploits for you. And may all the honor, may all the praise go to you. In Jesus' name, amen.